0: All right, welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. This is episode 30. And for this one, we're doing a 14 team nine cap mock draft. And Roto World's Raphael Johnson is joining me for this one. So let's go ahead and get into it. <laughs> And before we get started, as a quick reminder, sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit my page, signupexpert.com TML, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through my link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, please consider signing up for your next sports book at signupexpert.com TML. Like I said at the beginning, it's going to be a 14-team mock draft, and Raf has joined me for this one. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. Uh, Initially, it was going to be a 16-team one. Ended up not being able to fill it enough. So 14, still kind of a deep league mock draft um I'm drafting second raft is drafting third a few other analysts in here as well actually it looks like we're all in a row because Josh Lloyd's at four and Dan Titus is at five so should be a competitive start but before we get into it raft how are you doing doing all right you I'm doing well I've uh, been cranking out the mocks this week so I'm excited Mm -hmm. to uh keep them up I got a dynasty one tomorrow had a just a 12 team one yesterday with Zach and, and Dan. So Dan's back yeah. for more. I guess I didn't scare him off with too many mock drafts. So that's that's a good sign, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think was I in that one too, or was I in it? You were, yes, you were in that one too. So I didn't scare you off either. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I had the first pick and mm-hmm. overstep. So by the time I realized, like I fell asleep <laughs> during my shift by the time I realized what's going on. It's a good thing I had the first pick at least, because yeah. You know,
0: well, we'll. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it yesterday, but uh, Zach was dogging on you a little bit for ending it with RJ Barrett and Kelvin Johnson. I
1: pointed out that you got your favorite player in the league with RJ. Mean, Zach, the, Zach the way, yeah, the way the stats were showing up in the draft board, it looked mm-hmm. like a points league. So interesting. I don't. Interesting. Maybe I just misinterpreted it. So I saw those numbers, like you know, this looks like a points league let me go draft two guys who are primarily points guys. You know, Interesting. So maybe
0: I messed all that up <laughs> and we were the ones <laughs> drafting for a nine cat uh, and everybody else doing points. That'd be interesting. But um, this is going to start here right now, actually. Um, and it looks like we have one auto draft that's not in the lobby. Um, and he went ahead, went Jokic with the first pick. I have two. Um, and this is – obviously going to start off pretty normal i think it might get a little bit more interesting as we get along some picks but i'm going to go ahead and take joel and bead with the second pick and raf i imagine you're going luca at three but i could be
1: wrong yeah this is interesting i think it's one of three point guards for me whether it's luca sga or tyrese halliburton mm-hmm. i'm going to go with luca here um I'm going to hope that turnovers aren't as big of an issue as they have been in the past at times, so I'm not too upset about it. Yeah, I think the first three picks are going to mostly hold
0: to form pretty much every draft. The only variation might be a Luca or Embiid swap, and then like you said, it's going to go exactly how it is in this one, Halliburton, SGA, Jason Tatum. Pick seven is where things kind of get interesting. Uh, Looks like we might be waiting for this one because now it's an auto draft as well, but That would probably leave them with Steph
1: Curry. Is that who you'd take with the seventh pick? Based on the options, that's who I'd go with. Um, Maybe you can make a case for Giannis, even though he was, in terms of fantasy, it was a disappointing season. He finished outside of the top 100, but that was due primarily to free throws. So, you know, if you draft, you can definitely draft Giannis in this spot and maybe begin with a free throw percentage punt. Um, so, but I would go Steph here. Okay. And then because Giannis ended up going eight after Steph did go seven,
0: I probably would go Giannis, but that's just me. I think I'm in the first two rounds trying to avoid some of the old guys that yeah have tended to miss a lot of games. Uh, That's just the way I'm trying to do it this year. But is the Damian Lillard trade impacting how you're viewing Giannis and Dame, who actually went the pick after went pick nine in this one?
1: I think if anything, for me, it kind of, Holds Dame as a first-round guy. Uh, I think I would have thought that it had he gone to Miami as well. My one concern would be him stay, staying in Portland. Not so much for a lack of effort on his part, because I thought he was going to play hard regardless. Just a matter of there coming a point where Portland would shut him down, as we've seen with him in the past. Um, so yeah, that would be that was my only concern with him. Now that he got his move to a contender, I'm all on board with Dame. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as far as going Giannis and Dame
0: uh, kind of early, kind of in the middle of that first round, mm-hmm. um, just because Dame has missed a lot of games over the last two years, but it's because of either legit injuries or not. When I say legit injuries, I mean, like it was like the uh, core issues. So I don't think that's, yeah. something that's necessarily mm-hmm. going to linger. Uh, and then obviously because Portland was tanking. So not something I'm too concerned about with Milwaukee. And I think Giannis will have a chance. He didn't he wasn't able to replicate his defensive numbers from the previous, however many seasons uh, Mm -hmm. last year, but I think having Dame there will allow him to kind of get back to maybe contributing a little bit more defensively. So kind of hoping for, and Chris Middleton being out, I think impacted that as well, but I'm going to go ahead and recap what we've got so far. Uh, So after it went Steph at seven, Giannis Dame, LaMelo Ball at 10, KD at 11, Kyrie at 12, Anthony Davis 13, Devin Booker 14. And then to start off the second round, we have Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell. Raph, have any of these picks kind of stood out to you?
1: I'm surprised that Anthony Edwards is still on the board. Um, Mm. He's someone I'm very high on in fantasy this year. I think if anything, Booker going 14th, but I do understand – the rationale behind it. Like they don't have besides Jordan Goodwin, they don't have a point guard in that roster. So I think it's going to end up being a group effort to kind of run things between Booker and Bradley Beal. Maybe even Kevin Durant gets some time as well on the ball. But I think Booker would be the one that kind of surprises me thus far. But I understand the circumstances behind
0: it. Yeah. And I think
1: getting Anthony
0: Davis falling to 13 is pretty interesting to me because – he was a top five player in fantasy when he was playing. And obviously the injuries is a bit of a concern, but I don't know, for some reason, I think I'm a little bit more in on him, not necessarily playing 70 games, but playing a good 60 plus games as the Lakers seem to have a bit of of a chip on their shoulder. I think this is me just following or falling for media day quotes again, but I've, (laughs) I said, I wasn't going to do that. I I made fun of it. I was like, yeah, like nobody takes this seriously. And then I think when we were doing the mock draft yesterday, I brought up like five different things that were said at media day. So apparently I'm taking it more seriously than I should. Um, And then after Trey young, Donovan Mitchell, we had demonis, Sabonis, Fred van Bleet. There's Anthony Edwards there with the fifth pick of the second round. So I believe that's pick 19 then Jaron Jackson, Jr. And Kawhi Leonard. So got Kawhi at the two seven, which would be pick 21. For this one, how are you kind of feeling about Kawhi going there?
1: That's a bit surprising to me because of the injury history. Um, I think he's going to play when he can, but I just don't know if he's going to get to, say, like 55 games. And I think a player of his Mm -hmm. caliber, if you can get 55 games, you'll take that as a fantasy manager just because of how productive he is when on the court. But thats it's not a lock, as we've seen. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a guy that
0: I'm probably, I thought I was going to be a little higher on partially again, media day quotes, the way he was talking at media day, kind of made me think that he's, I don't know. seems to be more motivated to try and be on the floor as much as possible. Uh, Obviously can't predict injuries, but it seems like he wants to be out there when he can Uh, you're on the clock in two picks. We'll see who Josh goes here, but who are you kind of eyeing with this next one?
1: Well, Josh just took James Harden, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> man, I'm thinking Paul George here. Okay. And obviously, just like Kawhi, he has availability concerns, but he's been quite productive when on the floor. And I'm now going to shift and go with Lowry Markkinen. I don't think that last year was a fluke. I think he's well-positioned to have another good season in Utah, All-star starter, probably not, but I still think he's in a very good position with that roster out there. And man, I just clicked on him. I was just about to take him. So I'm going to have to pivot and I'm
0: going to go with Jimmy Butler here because I'm really high on marketing as well. I think there's no reason for him to not maybe not quite repeat, like you said, what he did last year. But I think he's legit. He wasn't a, it wasn't a fluke season that he just kind of happened to stumble upon a really good opportunity. He's a talented player and the opportunity didn't change much. So yeah. I like him a lot this year. And Jimmy Butler played in 64 games last year. I feel like he has kind of the reputation of being a guy that maybe sits out games, but he was able to play in 64. The threshold now to for awards is 65 i don't know i kind of think that maybe uh he's able to hit that if he tries and then i'm gonna go ahead and take paul george with my second one and hopefully i'm not totally screwing myself with uh, injuries kind of here by because joel Embiid consistently has injury question marks jimmy butler i just said he doesn't sit out games as much as people think but Who knows? It might change up. And then, obviously, Paul George has that reputation. But you went Cade Cunningham there with the third pick of the third round.
1: Yeah, I believe he's in for a big year. Obviously, he missed most of last season um, due to injury. Getting the the leg issues taken care of, everything's going to help him. And we we heard the reports of him playing very well against the U.S. team as they're preparing for the FIBA World Cup. And I don't really worry too much about that from a skill standpoint. It's more about the availability and being able to go out there and not just play, but flourish. Um, And he probably would have been on that team had there not been, like, you know, load management, you know, reasons for him to not go. So I think Cade Cunningham's in for a big year. He may be the one guy in that Detroit roster that you can truly count on in fantasy heading into this season, too. I think he's going to have a really good season. I just,
0: to me, I think that there's been a lot of hype surrounding it because of his performance with team USA to the point where yeah. not necessarily that this was being overdrafted, but I have seen him going in the second round of 12 team drafts. So I'd be, mm-hmm. you know, top 24, some top 20, even I feel like that's probably a little bit early for me where you got him, I think is totally fine. I just, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of hype around. him. Um, yeah. so to recap, because I don't think I've done this in a little bit after it went Kawhi Leonard at two seven, McHale bridges at two eight, it went Desmond Bain, Carl Anthony Towns, James Harden, you went Markkinen, I went Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, and then to start the third round, LeBron, I went Paul George, you went Cade, Bam Adebayo, DeJounte Murray, Darius Garland, Victor Wembanyama, Drew Holiday, Miles Turner. How are you feeling about Drew Holiday after the trade to Boston?
1: I think he's going to be just as effective as he has been throughout the course of his career. Um, Top 50 player each of the last six seasons. Only season he finished outside of the top 100, top 75, mind you, was his rookie year, uh, 2009-10. So I think at worst you're going to get a top 75 player. Probably going to have to take him like late 40s, early 50s in that area, but I think that's perfectly fine for him, even with the presence of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Chris Porzingis. And not that efficiency was a
0: major issue for him, but I feel like his field goal percentage was always a tad lower than you probably mm-hmm. – I don't know. Maybe I think this is a good opportunity for him to kind of improve on a steal goal percentage because he's probably going to have less volume to yeah. shoot shots, score assist. So Those numbers might go down, but I think he'll be more efficient and some of the steals could go up just because he's going to be guarding the ball in Boston and he'll have some pretty good help defenders behind him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so after it went Drew Holiday, Miles Turner, Evan Mobley, Jalen Brunson, Jamal Murray, Chris Epps Porzingis, Chet Holmgren, and then to start the fourth round, Nick Claxton and Jalen Brown. Um, Let's see. Any of these, have have any of them kind of stood
1: out as either too early or too late or just somebody you really like? I really like Nick Claxton. Um, I want to say he's a top 25 player last season. And it's funny that, you know, you talked about media day quotes and Mm -hmm. not trying to put too much (laughs) into him. He seemed generally upset about, you know, the awards process where he thought that the exits of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving cost him in those individual defensive awards. So Mm -hmm. I think that someone's going to be really motivated on that end of the floor. We've seen what he can do as a rebounder and shot blocker, high field goal percentage. You're going to be giving some things up with the free throw percentage, but I think the positives outweigh the negatives with Clacks.
0: Yeah. And looking at that team, uh, he's got Devin Booker, Trey Young, Chet Holmgren, Nick Claxton. I don't know off the top of my head how Chet is as a free throw shooter. I don't know what he did in college or summer league, but Booker and Trey Young are going to shoot a lot of free throws and shoot them at a high percentage. So Claxton getting a few per game and shooting a pretty low percentage, I think it's not going to be as big of a deal. Um, It's obviously something you could take advantage of and move in in sort of a punt build, but I don't think his low volume port free throw shooting is going to impact that specific yeah. team as much as it could.
1: Yeah. it's a good point. Chet was a 72% foul shooter at Gonzaga. so oh Adequate. Yeah. yeah average. Um, so
0: after Claxton, Jalen Brown and then it went Darren Fox, Walker Kessler, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Jordan Poole. This is the guy who Zach says is going to lead the league in scoring. Um, <laughs> let's see. this was, Pick 49, I believe. So, sitting just inside the top 50 to get him there. Are you a believer in Jordan Poole this year?
1: Not to that level, but I think he's in line for a very prolific individual season, even if that team's probably going to be pretty bad. um, It's a position where he can go out there and get numbers and. Yeah, the, the scoring is going to be really good. I think he's someone that can be like a points league star. I don't know if you're going to get like the defensive stats from him or anything like that, but he may score enough to where it really doesn't matter. Yeah, and now
0: uh, so after Jordan Poole went DeMar DeRozan, so all three Bulls have kind of gone in that round, and then OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, back-to-back Raptors, uh, and you are now on the clock after DeAndre Ayton goes. What are you kind of thinking here?
1: Huh. I haven't gone with a big. And I think that Alperin Shingun will be one of the more improved players in the NBA this season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm going to take him. I think the, the head coaching change will really help those young guys in Houston just to have some on-court accountability on both ends of the floor. We've seen what Shingun can do as a secondary playmaker. Um, so yeah, I think he's gonna be a, a very good, good player in his third season.
0: Yeah, I I think it's definitely an opportunity set up for him there. And again, I think not to harp on media day, but he talked about uh, improving and working on defense and shooting this offseason. So I, I don't that's not your classic, oh yeah, I'm in the best shape of my life kind of quote. It's yeah. no, this is what I worked on, and I think defense was a big question mark that I had as far as what like how many minutes is he going to be able to play this season? Um, so I think that's a good sign for me and as far as believing in him this year. Uh, I went Josh Giddy and then it went Brandon Ingram, Jarrett Allen. I'm back on the clock and deciding between Paolo Bancaro and I don't even like drafting Zion. And then also <laughs> maybe Jalen Williams. I'm just gonna go Bancaro and try and switch it up a little bit because I have, I don't know. Good. I like my first four picks. I'm just going to do Bancaro just kind of for fun. Um, His free throws are a little bit below average, but I feel like Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid, and honestly Paul George as well, kind of offset that. But I guess, I don't know, were you hoping to get Bancaro and settled on Zion, or were you hoping to get Zion when I said his name out loud? You were kind of like, oh, please don't take him.
1: I was kind of hoping to take Zion. Kind of spike things up a little bit. Um, It's a high-risk, high-reward type pick. If he's on the floor... We've seen what he can do in terms of fantasy value, even with the the lack of three-point production. Um, But he gets hurt. That could torpedo torpedo your entire team. I think, but at this point in the draft, you know, 59th pick, I don't think it's a bad gamble at all. Uh, 14-team league, he's most likely not going to be on the board when I come back around, given Mm -hmm. my draft position anyway.
0: Yeah, and you have – well. I wouldn't call it necessarily you have to punt free throws with Luca, but another below average free throw shooter with Luca. And then obviously, one of Zion's limitations is his lack of free throw or a poor free throw percentage. Mm -hmm. So, if you chose to kind of roll with more of a free throw punt at this point, there's probably still a few guys left um, that you could pair with them if you wanted to. Uh, But also, Having, I think, Lowery Markin and Kate Cunningham should offset a little bit of those free throw issues. So it's kind of a lot of flexibility at this point still.
1: Yeah. Also, he's got, Zion's got center eligibility in Yahoo. And this is a two center league that we have got set up here. So I think that's another positive in terms of potentially gambling on him. Okay. Yeah they said at media day that they were
0: wanting to try and run him at the five sum uh to get him involved in pick and rolls which that sounds like a lot of fun offensively and a nightmare yeah. defensively so yeah. I don't know exactly how that works but I also uh kind of on a related note was checking my email before this and one from yahoo said that they now have the ability for commissioners to change individual players eligibility within their league so Ooh. i think like they said you can add to it, but you can't remove or edit it. So I guess you can't like take Joel Embiid and make him not center eligible or anything like that. Um, But if you are watching a game, this is kind of their description. If you're watching a game and seeing a forward bring the ball up a a good bit, you can add guard eligibility or something like that. Um, Is that some, I don't know. I think that adds potentially a fun dynamic to it without necessarily totally breaking the league and, but I, I guess if it gives other people positional eligibility that they didn't have before, it, it
1: could add value to certain players. I think it depends on the managers you're playing with. Like if, they, if they're knowledgeable about basketball and understand what's going on, that can be a really good thing. But if they just, if they're the type of manager to see somebody bring the ball up the court once, say, look, he's a point guard, like, <laughs> that's where you could potentially run into trouble. That that's fair. And
0: I think it, it would be kind of, cause I mean, you probably wouldn't give, even though this is probably a good example, you probably wouldn't give Jokic point guard eligibility just yeah. because he brings the ball to the floor sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I guess in my opinion, if I were to kind of do that, it would have to be a league consensus yeah. or some sort yeah. of vote yeah. where everybody kind of agrees like, yeah, okay, we'll give this guy eligibility because mm-hmm. you also don't want a commissioner that's power happy and trying to help their own team <laughs> and giving everybody all the eligibility and yeah. not helping anybody else out. So could be interesting. But after you went Zion, it went Tyrese Maxey, Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez, Bradley Beal, Devin Vassell, Jalen Williams, Franz Wagner, Anthony Simons, Rudy Gobert, Jeremy Grant, Cam Johnson. And then to start the sixth round, Chris Middleton, Tyler Hero, and Chris Paul. Uh, That is pick 73 for Chris Paul. But I guess we'll talk about Devin Vassell. What did you think? I think it was a four-year, and 40, no, five-year, 146, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I've seen a lot of people say, and I kind of agree that it's going to end up being kind of a bargain at the end of his yeah. deal. Is that how you felt as well? Or?
1: Yeah, so you look at some of the, the price tags that other guys in his draft class have fetched, they're well over 200. So for the Spurs to lock in a guy who's clearly a key piece piece in their rebuild for that kind of money, I think it's a good deal for them. Um, fancy wise, I've long believed that he's their best fancy player, um, mm-hmm. in terms of value and production. That may change with Victor Wimbanyama in the fold now, but either way, I think Vassell at worst, you're looking at a, like a top 75 fancy player, yeah. And I think a lot of he still has a lot of potential
0: to reach and do things that he hasn't done yet, like he's shown yeah. that he can get mm-hmm. steals, hit a ton of threes, score. Um, but I think also you can see the pick and roll and like Mm -hmm. ball handler opportunities and potential there for him to do more of and continue to grow there. And then also the athleticism to get more blocks. He averaged 0.4 last year. I think he can get that number up. I'm not saying it'll get to one, but I think he has that kind of upside to get to a block a game Mm -hmm. if he kind of reaches his max potential. So I love it. I think it's great. Um, After Chris Paul, it went Clint Capella. So that was a guy you could have, uh, gone with a punt free throw build. Mark Williams, Derek White, and then Jakob Pertl, another punt free throw kind of guy. And then now Terry Rozier just went. So you're back on the clock in three picks now. Um,
1: What are you kind of thinking here? Huh. You know, I, man, I like my point guard position. I may want to look towards a wing. That said, this may be a good point in the draft to go with a Robert Williams um mm-hmm. another player who would fit into a free throw punt i think even if he comes up he's most likely going to come off the bench in portland i still think he's in a good spot where he can provide solid value uh in fantasy, even if he only plays like 25 minutes per game so that's one possible uh player for me but man i really like markel fultz i just mm. don't know if i need another guard um you know what? I'm just gonna go with Kyle Kuzma. I don't I'm not really okay. thrilled with this, but <laughs> running out of time. And similar to Jordan Poole, he's in a situation where he's going to get a lot of shots up. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's he's gonna be
0: Jordan Poole's biggest competition for league leader in points just because they're gonna yeah. be taking turns chucking shots, but I'm going to grab buddy Heald here um i think he's a guy that there's a chance that he comes off the bench but mm-hmm. maybe this is me looking too far ahead i just can't imagine that rick carlisle is giving benedict matherin i guess kind of like a long leash to figure things out if he's not i feel like rick carlisle is going to defer to veterans as opposed to young guys especially in a starting unit but even so there's a chance that buddy healed moves into the starting unit even if he starts off the season coming off the bench yeah. um but that also when he came off the bench he still had really good numbers that weren't very different from what he did um when he was starting just slightly less volume mm-hmm. um and he's gonna he's gonna be one of the best three-point shooters in the league um and then after that it went mpj cj McCollum. i'm gonna go andrew wiggins here um i think he's a guy that some people already kind of have in their mind that it's, he's more of a points league guy and he's not Great for category leagues, uh, but his he had the really good run in the finals uh, for the Warriors in that whole playoff run. And then started off last season as a top 25 guy in nine cat leagues. Mm-hmm. And then obviously missed a ton of games, came back, wasn't the same, missed more games, came back, wasn't great in the playoffs. But I think that having an off season to, be, to kind of get healthy, I'm hoping to get that player or at least close to that player that he was at the beginning of last season. Good point. And then you went Markel Fultz, and then Clay Thompson went after that. So you were able to still get Fultz on the on the flip side. I didn't want to tell you I definitely
1: wasn't going to take him, but you were able to <laughs> still get him. So I had a feeling that Josh would have taken Fultz with the next pick had I left him. So
0: well, maybe uh, it looked like he was taking a good bit of the clock, so maybe he was desperately searching around <laughs> and settled on Clay Thompson. I don't know how he feels about Clay, uh, but after Clay, it went Jalen Duren, Jabari Smith, and then Robert Williams. So I guess, were you hoping that he got back around, or did you just kind of accept that uh, you probably weren't going to get Robert Williams in this draft?
1: Yeah, as, at that point, it's either I'm going to get Fultz or Williams. I'm not going to have both of them. So we'll just go with Markell. I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, and then after Robert Williams went John Morant. I don't know if you saw this quote or not. I'm sure you did, but – um, Or maybe it wasn't really a quote, as much of a situation. But Ja is going to be around the team, practicing with the team, traveling with the team, just everything except playing for the first twenty-five games. So, does that kind of impact how you view
1: how his season will go at all, or does that kind of not really do much for you? Not too much. You know, it may help him a bit in terms of hitting the ground running once he's Mm -hmm. cleared to play. But the issue with him has been the availability. You know, as exciting of a player as he is. I think that gets him in trouble with the injuries. You know, the wild drives to the basket. Gravity happens, and you don't always land on your feet. And, you know, he can play a max of 57 games. I don't know if he's going to hit 50. Like, I don't know if any fantasy manager can guarantee that right now. So I think the place where he went in this draft, that may be a bit too low for him. But I certainly understand letting him slip that that far uh, in the seventh round. Yeah, because if, I mean, when you get him
0: back, he's going to obviously yeah. be much better than where you drafted him, but it's about surviving that first, um, what'll it be, like eight weeks of the season where he's not able yeah. to play roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, So if you're doing fine, have John Morant there, then great. It's, it worked out nicely, but I don't know how detrimental it is to lose out on a seventh round pick or not. It just kind of depends on how the rest of your draft goes, but yeah. Uh, After Ja went Austin Reeves, Wendell Carter Jr., Daniel Gafford, Trey Murphy, Mitch Robinson, Marcus Smart, and then start the eighth round, John Collins and Miles Bridges. Uh, I've been seeing Dan Gafford go a good bit earlier than I had in the past um, with the past few mocks that I've seen. I think more analysts talking about him actually obviously helps, but Mm -hmm. how do you kind of see Dan Gafford being is really the only center in Washington. I mean, Mike Muscala is the backup center still. They haven't made a move.
1: I can see Gafford having a really good year. I just don't trust the Wizards with the minutes. Um, It's been hell for him to get 25 minutes per game. And that was even, you know, last season. I know they had Porzingis, but Porzingis really isn't a true five. So I felt like, you know, I thought Gafford would get more time there, but – That just didn't happen. Um, They keep bringing back Taj Gibson and bless his soul, but it's like he shouldn't (laughs) be out there taking away rotation minutes from, from Daniel Gafford at this point in his career. So you hope that Gafford can get high twenties because if he does, I think he's a lock to be a top 100 player, but that's the thing. Will he get the the high twenties in minutes per game?
0: Yeah. I think, like you said, if, Taj Gibson is soaking up those minutes. I know that Taj Gibson has never done that for your team. So that's not any yeah. bit of frustration. <laughs> that, but, uh, uh, but yeah, between that and foul trouble, um hopefully if he can get there, I think he'll be great. But yeah. it just, like you said, it's about getting there. Um After Miles Bridges went in the second pick of the eighth round, it went Scoot Henderson, Trey Jones, Tobias Harris, Draymond Green, Zach Collins, who I was probably going to take with my next pick if mm-hmm. he was still there. And then D'Angelo Russell- Uh, And then now D'Anthony Melton just went. So if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, I thought you liked D'Anthony Melton this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm big on Melton. Um, Obviously, James Harden showed up to training camp today. I don't know how long that's going to last in terms of him, like just going about his business and doing what he's supposed to do because (laughs) we'll see what happens there. But I think – Melton, even if, even if Harden's playing on the up and up, he's still going to be a good option, I think. Yeah, not many people get steals and threes at the rate that he does
0: when he's on the floor. It's just a matter of opportunity for yeah. him. Um, and then you just went uh, after Melton went. D- Jaden McDaniels, Jusuf Nurkic, and then you just went Jordan Clarkson there. How you feeling about that pick?
1: Um, feeling all right. You know the field goal percentage isn't great, but he's the one player in that Utah backcourt rotation that, that seems guaranteed to start. Um, if he's not the point guard, he'll be at the two. So I think it's a a, a low risk option um, as long as you can afford to to lose out on the field goal percentage. Yeah. Um, I like all that. I went
0: Shaden Sharp and then Spencer Dinwiddie, Josh Hart. I don't know if you were probably, were you trying to get it, one of your Knicks there with Josh Hart or? He was in my queue. Okay. Sorry if he was in your queue as well. I just went Bruce Brown. I don't know if you were uh, hoping to get him there or not. Yeah. yeah. But.
1: Go Bobby then, Porter.
0: Yeah. That's another good one. I think he's going to get, I mean, probably extra minutes maybe. If not, at least you know that he's going to start whenever Giannis or Brook Lopez has missed this the game. Yeah. And he's pretty much good for a double-double every time that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I went Bruce Brown. I think surprisingly, maybe this isn't supposed to be surprising, but incredibly enough, he was the first point guard I took because he has point guard eligibility. I just apparently wasn't drafting <laughs> point guards whatsoever. Um, and apparently I went wing heavy because I still need to get a second center. So I need to kind of figure that out because mm-hmm. kind of all the centers I like are gone. Yeah. But Bruce Brown is gonna he won't start at point guard for Indiana, obviously, but um he should start for them. They just gave him a two-year, forty-five million-dollar contract. So, bringing some of that championship pedigree over from Denver, I think that's probably going back to the Buddy Healed pick. Probably how the starting lineup is: Tyrese Halliburton. I'd imagine Mathurin starts, but I still think there's a chance Buddy Healed starts, or at least starts some. Um, and then Bruce Brown, um, probably Ob and Miles Turner, or and then Jairus Walker. Maybe he has a chance to eventually earn the role, but I imagine that's how it's going to start out as. And Bruce Brown is kind of a guy that can fill it up across the board. So I, I kind of like that in the ninth round.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I like Bruce, whether he starts or comes off the bench. you will get good value, especially in category leagues. Yeah, I mean, he came off the bench for Denver, so
0: I think a lot of mm-hmm. people are expecting him to start for Indiana. I don't remember off the top of my head if there's been a quote saying specifically that he will start. So maybe there's a chance that he comes off the bench. I don't know. Um, But after I went Bruce Brown, you went Bobby Portis, and then it went Sadiq Bey, Jonas Valentinus, Al Horford, Bojan Bogdanovic, Ben Simmons, Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray, and Mike Conley. This is such a fun round. A lot of fun picks here in this one um, where everybody kind of got – or a lot of people kind of got their old guy or another old Mm -hmm. guy or somebody that's not super exciting. Um, But I guess that's kind of – you know, it's round wrapping up around nine. There's an exciting pick with a star Thompson, uh, but it would be kind of like beginning or middle of round 11 at this point of a 12 team one. So not super different, but it's yeah. starting to get to the point where it's deeper than most standard leagues. So we're trying mm-hmm. to scrape the barrel a bit to uh, find players to draft.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is when you start to take some swings. Um, the guy hits, it's great. If he doesn't, it's not a huge deal just because of where you got him. And then that's when you move into dropping them, picking them,
0: other people off the waiver yeah. wires, streaming. Yeah, the classic fantasy basketball strategy right there. Fantasy basketball 101. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, is there any guy – because, I mean, you mentioned doing an upside swing – I think that's kind of what I was imagining. I'm going to start doing at this point as well. Is there anybody that's not an upside swing? That's more of a a safe pick that you would, that you see is kind of on the board that you might look at, or is it just upside swings at this point?
1: I think safe pick, I would say someone like a contavious Caldwell Pope, like, you know, what his position in that rotation is going to be, he's going to be a starter. You're not getting too much in terms of scoring, but he can give you three pointers. Um, steals those are two areas where he can help you uh the field goal percentage not a huge deal but he's someone that can help you with the free throws even though he's not a high volume free throw guy so he's one that i think you can feel pretty secure about his value at this point
0: yeah and then so after let's see i think the last one i said was asar thompson then it went gary Trent jr kevin Herter to fill out the ninth round and then to start it the 10th it went herb jones evitza zubats aaron gordon paul reed patrick williams paul reed's a guy that's been kind of shooting up draft boards recently i think i'm trying to remember what pick he went in our uh 12 team mock last night but it was i think a bit earlier than i expected him to go or that i would have taken him um but i think there's also a chance that he starts in philly and if that's the case i think getting a, a starter in the 10th round for a
1: playoff team and a real contender is good value. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Nick Nurse has spoken highly of him um, during the preseason thus far. Uh, Also, I think the head coaching change would be the biggest thing for him. For whatever reason, Doc Rivers just really didn't like playing him. Um, And you add in the fact that P.J. Tucker injuries kind of took away his corner three three three-point shooting ability. Montrezl Harrell's out for the year with the torn ACL. There's really no excuse not to play Paul Reed uh, credible rotation minutes on a consistent basis. Yeah, I agree. I think people have been wanting
0: him to play. I know at least a lot last year, maybe even the year before. I don't remember off the top of my head if b Paul was kind of a thing that people were wanting to see mm-hmm. the year before, but definitely last year. And then, like you said, Doc Rivers just is was one of the – like I think there's like five coaches in the league that were just kind of like, I'm going to play these seven guys and I don't care that I have these exciting prospects on my bench. I'm not playing them. Um, But hopefully this will be a better opportunity for him. I'm going to go ahead and cause I realized that mm, I was going to say, I'm going to go ahead and get a center out of the way. I'll just do it. Just get out of the way. I'm going to grab Steven Adams just because I need a second center and didn't really have anybody else center eligible, not, you know, super excited about that one but i needed one at that point mm-hmm. um so after uh paul reed it went patrick williams jaden ivy pj washington Obi Toppin, and denny abdisia colin sexton christian wood and then you went grant williams i got stephen adams kcp Tari eason that's a good pick um, shit now i need to figure out who the heck i'm gonna take um I'm not going to do that to you. I'll go ahead and take Dennis Schroeder, Toronto Raptors starting point guard, and hope that he
1: has some fantasy upside. Um, we'll see how that works out. I'm disappointed this guy only has shooting guard eligibility. I'm going to take Josh Richardson. Um, bit of a reach. some would probably say at this point in the draft, but he looks I wouldn't say locked in to start, but no Gabe Vincent. They still want to bring Kyle Lowry off the bench. I think that at this point in his career, because of his knees, that's the best role for him. Could be seeing a backcourt of Tyler Hero and Josh Richardson come opening night down in Miami. Yeah. No, I I love the pick.
0: I think he's a guy that I didn't even see as the players available because I don't, I don't want to scroll too far. Um, but – I mean, like you said, he's gonna. there's a good chance that he starts. I know Kyle Lowry said that he expects to start, but he hadn't also talked to Eric Spolster about it. So I think Josh Richardson's a guy that definitely has a good chance to start there alongside Tyler Hero in the backcourt. We'll see, but the last time he was fantasy relevant and the only time he was really fantasy relevant in his career was when he was playing with the Heat. So yeah. now that he's back with Miami, they tended to make players – um, that don't really do anything elsewhere, really good when they're there. So maybe he can get back to that. So I like it. Um, after that went Keldon Johnson, Emmanuel quickly, Brandon Miller, and then Amen Thompson. Um, finally some youth, some exciting picks. I was saying, I don't know if you caught it. I was saying oh, I'm not going to do that to you because I was thinking about taking Emmanuel quickly, but I figured you yeah. were going to grab him there, and I went then <laughs> as shooter, but. Um, I would have loved to take quickly there. Maybe I need to go ahead and do that and be a little bit more ruthless instead of being mm. nice because you're fucking <laughs> with me during this, but yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so it's let's see, it's how many picks? 17 picks till my turn, so 16 till yours. How are you feeling about how your team looks as a whole so
1: far? Feel pretty good about it so far. Um, think like I've taken care of The center position, you know, pretty well with Shingun, Portis, and Zion. Field goal percentage is going to be fun um, because I'm going to take a hit because I've got some high-volume guys. So we talked about Luca, Kate Cunningham. is usually pretty pretty, uh, efficient. Zion, we know what he does there. But Doncic and Kuzma are the two that probably worry me the most in that category. But I think I have enough in a few of the other areas to be fine with this group so far. And if Zion's playing, you should help that field goal percentage out. Yeah.
0: So maybe it could even out a little bit. Um, some other picks that have happened since then. After Kavon Looney, it went Jalen Johnson, Keontae George, Jeremy Sohan, Harrison Barnes, and Kelly Olynyk to wrap up the 11th round. Bogdan Bogdanovich to start the 12th. I know you're very high on Keontae George. I'm assuming if he was there on the way back around, you were going to try and take him. But it looks like everybody's going with the upside swings now.
1: Yeah, I most certainly was going to draft Keontae. So, <laughs> this isn't – that's not great. Um Obviously, they've got four or five different guys competing for that starting point guard job. If we've seen – if we learn anything from Summer League, it's that Keontae's is further along as a lead guard than a lot of people, you know, expected you – know, thought during the pre-draft process. And he's pretty much thought of as like a glorified combo guard, you know, but mm-hmm. – the thing is, he showed the ability to kind of run the show himself, which he didn't have too many opportunities to do while well at Baylor. And after a slow start in the summer league, he was really good until he injured his ankle. And he's made some positive impressions early on in the preseason, too, from what I hear. Yeah.
0: And uh, so it went Quentin Grimes, Max Struess, Russell Westbrook, Christian Brown, so Russ just went pick 158. His Yahoo ADP was like 111. Um, I think that's quite the slide for somebody to get 40 spots of value based on ADP right there. Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw he was still there, I kind of added him to the queue. It was like, okay, if he makes it back around to me, but now that I see him, he probably won't. Um, how do you feel about Russ this year? Because I know Dan drafted him last night and immediately said, I don't like that pick, but he also <laughs> added in that Russ was a top 100 guy after the trade to the Clippers. Yeah. Um, so how do you kind of feel about Russ? Is he somebody that, I mean, neither of us drafted him, but I think yeah. I probably would have next round. And I think it's justifiable to take him even earlier than that. Did, was there a reason that you passed on him or do you just like Josh Richardson, Grant Williams more?
1: I just like those two a bit more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm just because the efficiency, especially nine cat turnovers are an area where Russ can really kill you at times. Um, But yeah, at this point in the draft, I think there's better value to be had in taking him um, as opposed to using like a top 100 pick on him. I wouldn't draft him that high, but at this point I had him in my queue as well. Um, So yeah, I have no problem with someone drafting him at this point in the draft, but Use a top 100 pick. I think we're past that point in his career. Yeah, definitely. I think 111 is a
0: fair ADP. I think it was kind of surprising uh, how late he went in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm adding a couple guys to the queue here. We're on our last two rounds. Who's a guy that you're kind of eyeing now that uh, we have? I mean, it's probably upside swings at this point, especially in a 14 team one. I'm adding my guys to my queue, so I'm not even if you say
1: somebody out loud, I'm not going to steal them. I promise. I'm going to go with Nas Reed here. Um, His ceiling's kind of capped in Minnesota. You know, when you've got Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, I think I just sniped you on him, didn't I? He did. (laughs) (laughs) His ceiling's capped there, but who's to say that both of those guys are going to stay healthy where they play 70-75 games? And he's clearly going to be in that rotation either way. So at this point, Nas Reed's a fair swing in my opinion. Yeah, no, I was about
0: to take him. Uh, oh, but... man. Okay, so, <laughs> so I got you back at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh,
0: but now I have to panic pick and find a point guard because I only have one. No, I did get Dennis shooters. so I don't need to get another point guard. So I just need to find somebody. Who do I take? Um, so I, I went Derek Lively, just in case you're listening to this and I have no idea why we were doing that. Um, goodness gracious, I have no idea who to take i uh... oh I hate this who did I take Javon Carter okay I didn't even click that it literally did it auto drafted it for me so right. cool okay so you went Nas Reed I went Derek Lively then it went Jared Van- Vanderbilt Kayla Martin Javon Carter's okay so I feel pretty good about that I did kind of need another point guard there's a chance he starts in Chicago mm-hmm. um so, i'm not too mad about it and then you went dante di vincenzo was that the first nick that you drafted uh yes he is man so you that was your so at least you got one because i didn't get a single hawk interesting <laughs> wow are we fake fans maybe we are
1: i try to avoid picking my favorite team. but <laughs> I, I feel like i'm gonna jinx him so ah oh, yeah that's a good point i i
0: mm. That's a good point. Maybe I need to avoid cuz I I literally had Trey Young as one of my guys this year. Yeah. Um but maybe I need to avoid him. Maybe I'll just keep picking early in drafts cuz I know with the um with the World Cup, I'm picking or I had the third pick and got Joel Embiid, so I wasn't even able to get Trey Young. I haven't drafted any Hawks yet, so maybe I just won't and, and do the smart thing, do the right thing as as a fan. Just do my part to help the team win, and <laughs> not chasing anybody. That's that's there how you, you don't look at it. Yeah. Um, so after you went Divincenzo and Kobe White, Jonathan Kaminga, Jairus Walker, obviously a lot of upside swings here. Um, obviously our drafts are done. We're just waiting on these last eight eight picks. Um, is there anybody still available that? you either think, oh, I, I could have taken them with my last pick or maybe just somebody else said, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on them. So if I need to pick them off, off the waiver wire real quick,
1: I think that there's a good chance that I need to. Um, Maybe a – I don't know, man. Maybe a Mason Plumley, I would say. Okay. Uh, because if he as good as Ivica Zubats has been in his role, he's not a center that they really feel comfortable playing in upwards of 28, 30 minutes per game. Um, I think he loses some effectiveness when that happens over the course of a season and Plumley helped him out once he arrived there at the trade deadline. So I think Plumley, the free throw percentage, he was much improved in that category last season, but it's not something you're really counting on from him, but he gets you to rebounds, the field goal percentage. I think he can be a solid late round guy or someone that if if he's not drafted can be a decent, you know, waiver wire pickup early in the season. Yeah,
0: definitely. And let's see, we have three picks left as we wrap up. Uh, so let me see, where did I? I think I ended with Jairus Walker with the fifth pick of, excuse me, sixth pick of round 13. Then it went Kyle Lowry, Dylan Brooks, DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Suggs, Matisse Thibel, Isaiah Stewart. Now we have two more picks. There's still, you know, like you mentioned, like there's still a couple guys left um, that can be solid or a couple upside swings you can still take. Um, you mentioned Plumlee. Let's see. Kelly Oubre, I think could be kind of the sixth man for Philly has a good chance of that. Alex Caruso could start in Chicago. He's still available. Um, Rui Hachimura could start for the Lakers. I don't know if that's, that's final or if they've kind of said exactly what they're going to do. I want to see there was reports that he could start. Um, there was somebody Oh, Rashawn Holmes. I know I took Derek Lively, but I think there's still a chance yeah. that Rashawn Holmes ends up as the starter. Mm-hmm. Um Does this. Let's see. What was that last? The last pick. Okay. So the last three picks after with Matisse, the Isaiah Stewart, Malik Monk, and then Delon Wright was the final pick of this draft. Um, We will quickly go through, I guess, first how, so I know I asked this kind of already, but how are you feeling about your team as a whole, how it's shaped up now that you've gone through, gotten all 13 rounds. And then I guess maybe, now we'll just we'll just pass that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I feel okay about my team. Um obviously there is always gonna be one or two players that that slip past, you know, slip out of your range that you wish you would have been able to pick up. But mm-hmm. overall, I feel pretty good. Um, I think Josh Richardson's the one where not a great pick right now, but he's someone that if the role is right, could potentially swing some things in a category league. If he's starting consistently, so yeah, uh, I mean, we talked about that.
0: I like that pick, so I think it's really good if he is starting or at least playing a decent role. I think, yeah. bare minimum, he's the sixth man playing over 20 mm-hmm. minutes per game, and that's threes and steals right there. Um, I'm feeling good about my team. I like, I think I've realized that I prefer drafting. I know a lot of people are saying that they want a top six pick. Um, yeah but I think I almost prefer drafting in the second half of the draft because if I'm looking, mm-hmm. a lot of the guys that I like to get seem to be going on that side of the board. Um, I've gotten Joel Embiid way too often, um, <laughs> or more often than I usually expect to. I don't know that I've had a draft in that four to six range that I remember. I seem to be getting either Embiid or like pick eight or like pick 11 when I do these mocks. But um I like Jimmy Butler. Paul George, I think, isn't a guy that I'm drafting consistently, but I wanted to see how it goes. Um I I did this last night where I did uh, Chet, Josh Giddy, and Jalen Williams in three straight rounds. Like that's who I went. I went full thunder with it. Um, so I, I think I've been getting a good bit of Josh Giddy. Um, yeah, I think I kind of talked about some of the guys that I like. Like I really like Andrew Wiggins, really like Uh, Shaden Sharp now that the Dame trade has happened. Um, That lively pick, I'm hoping that's a good upside swing. So I think he's not somebody I'd take before the last two rounds. Probably if I wasn't the second to last pick of that round, I probably would have just said, okay, only in the last round. But since I was towards the end of the second to last round, I was fine taking him there. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we can quickly go through, not each team, but if you just want We'll go through a couple of them, the first couple, and say – so from this one spot uh, – actually, he auto-drafted most of that, so we'll skip that. We'll go to Josh's team. Um, so from the four spot, he went Tyrese Halliburton. What's a pick that, you, that stood out to you, whether you really liked it or you felt like was a bit of a reach or something you wouldn't have done?
1: I think that the maxi pick is one that I really like. Um, we spoke about, I think we spoke about this earlier in the show, but mm-hmm. regardless of what happens with James Harden, I think Maxi is going to be in for a big year. Um, it's a contract year for, him. uh, for whatever reason, Philadelphia didn't offer him a new deal. They wanted to maintain, uh, cap flexibility. And I think he's going to play well enough to where that decision cost him a lot of money. If they wanted to bring him back, you know, matching whatever offer he gets, um, he'll be a top 75 player at a minimum. I think, I think he can be well, well within the top 50 um, fancy value this season. Yeah, definitely. Especially. And if James Harden is there
0: playing big minutes, he has James Harden. And if not, yeah. then he has Tyrese Maxi and James Harden wherever he ends up. So I like, wouldn't call it a stack, but I kind of like that combo. It's like, no matter yeah. what happens, you're probably going to benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, I like DeAndre Ayton in Portland more than I did in Phoenix, but then the addition of Robert Williams to that kind of limits it a little bit for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe a tad early for me uh, to go DeAndre Ayton there, but I could definitely end up being wrong. And DeAndre Ayton's able to play 32, 34 minutes per game. That ends up being really good value. So it's a good situation there. Uh, Dan went SGA with the fifth pick. Any of his picks kind of stood out to you? I know. Let's see. He ended up getting two Knicks players, so.
1: Um. I'm going to say the Valentinus pick, uh, ninth round, uh, fifth pick. Now, we saw his minutes decrease some last season because of defensive mm-hmm. issues. Couldn't guard a chair. Um, so, <laughs> you know, with Zion, you, know, you mentioned earlier in the show, they're thinking about playing Zion at the five-some. You also have Larry Nance, who was the defensive upgrade for the Pelicans uh the latter portion of last season when he was healthy. Valentinus goes into camp as the starter, but I have a feeling that his role will diminish as the season wears on. And they may maybe they even look to try to trade him because his name did come up in trade rumors this summer. Yeah, I uh I agree with that. I'm not huge on Valentinus anymore. I
0: think a couple of years ago. I mean, he's still gonna rebound the heck out of the ball when yeah. he's on the court, but like you mentioned. Um, I I like the Jalen Duran pick. I mean, he's the unquestioned starting center in Detroit, which I think was kind of limiting his value at times, was the fact mm-hmm. that they couldn't figure out the rotations. But Monty Williams said earlier today that uh Bagley and Wiseman would be battling for a backup spot. Yeah. So he's doing the right thing. <laughs> he's doing what everybody Needs Monty Williams to do, and that's start Jalen Duran. I don't know if he said in there exactly who's going to start at the three and the four. I'd imagine Bojan Bogdanovich is in there. It just depends on if it's Isaiah Stewart or Asar Thompson uh, yeah. alongside them. Uh, but Jalen Duran's going to start. So I think getting him in the seventh round, I mean, that's pick 75, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, he has top 50 upside. So I like that one. Um, we'll go to, let's see. Pick 10. I like that draft just off a quick eye. Went LaMelo at 10. Um, Anthony Edwards in the second round. I know you said that he was kind of slipping a bit for you. Very young team here. I want to say Tobias Harris is the oldest player that he drafted, and then the second oldest is Zach Levine. So very young team, but a lot of fun there. Uh, What do you kind of think about that one?
1: Yeah, I actually thought that – I still think Edwards can be a first round player. Um, mm-hmm. so for him to get him at that point in the second round, I think that's, that represents pretty good value. Um, the one that stands out for me is Franz Wagner. Uh, he had a really good run once he got healthy with Germany at the FIBA world cup. We've mm-hmm. seen him kind of improve his game throughout his first two seasons in the NBA. I think he's only going to get better. Um, now, the playmaking may take a slight hit just because you've got a healthy Markel Fultz now full-time, but I think Wagner and Paolo Banquero those are two cornerstones for Orlando, and I think they're going to be really good fantasy players as the season wears on, too. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: I, I really like Franz very much long-term, but also in the short term. And as I'm looking back, so I was doing the math in my head, I'm used to doing 12-team ones and doing multiplication to try and figure out what pick exactly it is. I think Jalen Duran wasn't seventy five, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So good job, Noah. Um, but yeah, so even better value, <laughs> even better value. Uh, but yeah, I like the Franz pick, I think. Yeah. Very young draft, but that's kind of how I like to draft too. I like Mark Williams the round after that as well. Cause that's, let me make sure I'm doing this right. So that's 75. So that's 75. Mark Williams is 75. Cool. So I think that's also really good value right there. Uh, to get him with a guy similarly to Jalen Duran with top 50 upside. Um, and then quickly, I guess, for this last one, we'll just talk about uh, pick 14 because obviously picking from 13 and 14 is probably the most different from picking yeah. in a 12-team draft is having those last two ones. But uh, Devin Booker and Trey Young with the first two picks and then some other fun ones with Chet Holmgren, Nick Claxton. I mean, he got – He reunited Trey Young and John Collins, so I guess that's probably dangerous for team chemistry for him. But Mm -hmm. um, And Kevin Herter. Wow. Full Hawks fan right there with Bogdan Bogdanovich, too. I'm impressed. I like that one. Uh, What kind of stood out to you about his draft?
1: I would say getting Claxton at pick number 43. Mm -hmm. That represents really good value as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, as you noted, different size of the the league makes a difference there, but I don't expect Claxton to get out of the past the mid-30s, to be honest with you. So to get him at 43, that's good value. Um, The one concern I would have is Chris Middleton, just because Mm -hmm. of the health issues we've already seen. But the Cam Johnson pick right before that should help cover for that. Yeah, I agree. I'm not super high on Chris Middleton this year, but
0: obviously if he's able to play, he's going to be really good. Uh, I think it's just the knee issues are question marks and how much does his role change uh, now that Damian Lillard's kind of their closer, things like that. Um, Herb Jones, I think was a good one because we don't know exactly how much I think Trey Murphy said he was expecting me back in November or December. Um, So at least a starter for probably the first month of the season. Um, And then Chet Holmgren last pick of the third rounds pick 42. I think that's maybe not, great value but i think it's a really good pick just to be able to get him there um yeah half a round after victor wembyama went and i think mm-hmm. not that they're super similar players but i think they have similar talents and are both going to be really good shot blockers in their first year in the nba mm-hmm. um so i like that one um but let's see yeah so this is about to go away anyway so we'll wrap up with that uh before we go ref um what is going on um, at Roto world coming up? Uh, Cause with the regular season starting in about three weeks
1: and preseason starting tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. We've got two games on Thursday um, right now is just kind of continuing to clean up the draft guide, you know, as best we can in terms of rankings and stuff like that. Uh, we got some free articles coming out as well. And then next week is like our huge basketball draft day. So, yeah, we'll get to do a couple mock drafts for the people, put it out there, have a little more fun with us for the season starts in a few weeks. Even more mock
0: drafts. That's what's coming up because yeah. um, who doesn't love a good mock draft? That's exactly <laughs> what – that's all you're going to see uh, for the next probably two weeks. I imagine maybe mm-hmm. we stop a little bit before the season actually kicks off because nobody's probably drafting. Maybe some yeah. people are drafting the night before the season starts. It's probably actually – smart if you're able to do it all in one night to just wait until like the day or two before um but yeah that's gonna do it for this one uh rap before i do my quick outro uh thank you so much for hopping on this with me all
1: right thanks for having me
0: all right and so yeah like Raph said a lot of exciting stuff coming up with roto world um if you missed that um while we were if you weren't watching i guess because you probably could have if you were watching, been able to see, uh, but you can follow him on Twitter at Raphael J. Uh, so you can give him a follow. And then you can give me a follow as well at Noah 22. You can follow at FBI basketball, uh, like subscribe, share, comment, whatever you do, uh, depending on where you're consuming this, uh, do anything you can it would be awesome uh, for the help out there. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. So thanks for listening.